Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this college and pro football card this weekend. And what a weekend we've got on tap in the world of college football. A handful of college football top-rated teams locking horns going head-to-head this weekend. We're also at the halfway point of the National Football League season. And, Victor, I don't think it gets any better than it does this week in the world of college football when it comes to top-quality football games. Certainly is, Mark, as we head into the second weekend of November. And in college football, of course, this is the biggest week of the season to date. Six games on Saturday between ranked teams with at least uh, one of the two teams in each matchup still very much in the chase for a college football playoff berth. Of course, it starts uh, early, 12 noon Eastern, Baylor, Oklahoma. If you're going to be watching football for 12 or more hours on Saturday, of course, we suggest that you get your family obligations out of the way on Saturday morning because we're going to crack that first beer of the day when Baylor takes on Oklahoma at 12 noon Eastern, two ranked teams. Of course, we got a non-conference battle coming up, Notre Dame, Arizona State. That's number 10 and number 12, according to the college football playoff rankings. Uh, Kansas State, TCU, a big game in the Big 12. Alabama and LSU, of course, will be playing each other on Saturday night. Those are two ranked teams, as are Ohio State and Michigan State with the winner of course, having a uh, pretty good shot in the playoff rankings. And then, of course, we finish up late at night with Oregon and Utah, number five against number 17. So it should be a fantastic Saturday, Mark. And just between the top four teams alone last week, you know, last week the number one team, Mississippi State, they needed a goal line stand in the fourth quarter and an end zone interception. Number two, Florida State, they were down 21 to nothing at one point. Number three, Auburn, of course, they needed two almost miracle turnovers inside the 10-yard line late in the fourth quarter. But you know what? For Auburn, the Auburn fans will tell you, hey, it's just the month of November for us. Yeah, it is. That's Gus Malzahn and what he's done with that Auburn football program. They were really quite good to us last week where the Auburn Tigers, we featured them as our college football falls favorite play of the year. And we had a lot of luck, as you say, Victor, from the football gods in that football game because it was quite disparaging what happened to Mississippi. You mentioned about being 12 noon kickoff games and cracking open that first beer. I'm sure Mississippi fans were drinking a lot of beer after that football (laughs) game. Uh, yes, trying, to, uh, <laughs> trying to drown in their sorrows, if you will. But all in all, a great week, as you mentioned, here in college football this particular weekend. It's also the second week that the playoff committee has released their playoff poll, if you will. And uh, going up and down the top 25 standings inside the playoff poll, not a lot of surprise or change, if you will, from last year. Mississippi State, Florida State, Auburn, still the top three ranked teams Oregon works their way into the number four slot with Alabama and TCU breathing down their necks right behind them. And I'm sure whatever happens in that TCU-Kansas State game will have a lot to say with what happens in the further positioning. We'll be breaking that game down, the TCU-Kansas State game for our college football game of the week. 
Any other surprises, Victor, you saw inside the playoff committee's poll this week, other than the fact that maybe Georgia made the biggest fall, dropping nine spots, where the biggest gainer this week was Arizona State moving up five spots. Your take, Victor, on the week number two playoff poll. Well, there was an, uh, an undefeated team that was uh, had a shot at improving, but I'm scratching my head a little bit at that East Carolina result last week. They, of course, laid double digits on the road and basically fell flat on their face. Any shot of, like, perhaps even a New Year's Day or later bowl game is probably uh, down the tubes right now for the Pirates of East Carolina. It is for sure, and you know Marshall is probably licking their chops right now because mm-hmm. while they didn't crack the top 25 in the polls just yet, they're one of the football teams that look to figure to crack into the what they call the access bowls uh, to be a non-Power 5 team to make a major New Year's Day bowl game, and Marshall looks to be that team right now, especially, as you see, with East Carolina losing. And what was really head-scratching in that East Carolina loss, not only did they lose as 10-point favorites uh, by 10 points, they held Temple to 135 yards mm-hmm. in that football game. In some way, somehow, they lost the contest because of five major turnovers. That was the reason why. But the bottom line is East Carolina, as you say, Victor, basically for all intents and purposes, out of the major bowl picture here with Marshall salivating and looking to take their place. We'll see what happens with the Thundering Herd this particular weekend, although I don't like their point spread chances because they happen to be one of our take-it-to-the-limit plays where – What we do is we play against any college football undefeated road team at this time of the year that's coming off a week of rest. Those teams tend to struggle on the road in that particular role. We'll see how it affects Marshall this particular weekend. As you mentioned here, Victor, last week also a big loss for Louisville in that football game. They blew a 21-point lead to Florida State in that contest. And, you know, while we were lucky in the Auburn game, we were kind of like not so lucky in the Louisville game because that's a football game that was really hard to see that thing unravel in the manner in which it did if you had Louisville in the game as we did. So all in all, I guess the football gods tend to balance things out when it comes down to how the ball bounces in the world of college football. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creel Sports. Victor, let's move it over now to the net. Or before I do that, how about a quick Heisman Trophy update? You and I talked about this before the show, and we're getting closer and closer. And it looks like to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but Marcus Mariota has positioned himself into the top spot as we go into the, this weekend's Heisman Trophy race. It is basically a two-horse race between uh, Mariota and, of course, Dak Prescott of Mississippi State. You can throw in a couple of running backs there, Mark, but uh, basically it is between these two, a little bit of a uh, East Coast bias probably for the Southeastern Conference uh, quarterback as a lot of Oregon's games are played either later at night and a lot of East Coast fans don't necessarily watch those games. But at this stage of the game, it it is definitely a two-horse race between those two quarterbacks from Oregon and Mississippi State, respectively. Yeah, it looks it'll be that way. And uh, if anybody else breaks into the picture, it'll be a long-shot surprise, maybe only basically because an Oregon or a Mississippi State falling apart maybe down the stretch and losing a couple of football games. But right now, I'm sure we'll see both of those quarterbacks in New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. And my best guess is I think Marcus Mariota is on his way to claiming the Heisman Trophy and becoming a top pick in the National Football League draft 
next year. As I said, we're at the halfway point of the National Football League season here. And Victor, your take on what's happened so far in the NFL. Major surprises might be our old hometown Cleveland Browns sitting at 5-3 and three on the football season here. I don't think anybody expected that this particular season. And I don't think anybody also expected to see... Brian Hoyer with a higher quarterback rating than Andy Dalton at this stage of the football season. But that's mm-hmm. the case, and that's the reason why the Browns are sitting 5-3 and three with a big football game against the Bengals this Thursday. Your take, Victor, on what you've seen unfold in the National Football League the first half of the season. If I would rank my uh, surprising results in the NFL, number three would t- uh, be... How about the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins of the AFC East? Both come in with five and three records, two games over 500 halfway through the season. Both have legitimate shots at uh, wild card. Can they catch the Patriots? Probably not. Uh, they're doing it with defense, both the Bills and the Dolphins. So I would probably rank those AFC East surprising above 500 winning teams as my uh, third most surprising thing. Number two, you just touched on, and it's not just the fact that you know our hometown Cleveland Browns are five and three, but it's the AFC North itself as a division. This is the only division in the NFL in which all four teams in the division are winning teams are over 500 Baltimore five and four Cleveland five and three Pittsburgh six and three and of course Cincinnati still winning the division at five two and one this is the best division in the NFL it's uh, bottom line and number one surprising thing in the NFL Mark if I were to ask you over the last 12 months in the NFL who has been the best team one might be inclined to uh, perhaps guess the Seattle Seahawks they would be wrong Uh, Perhaps they might want to guess the Denver Broncos. They would be wrong. That team is the Arizona Cardinals, 7-1 and straight up on the season, best record in the NFL. Since late October of last year, the Arizona Cardinals are 14-3 and straight up. That's only three losses. Uh, Denver's had five losses in that time span. Seattle's had five losses in that time span. And if we knock out Arizona's loss this year against Denver, in which they lost 41-20, to I knocked that one out because... Arizona didn't have their first-string quarterback. They didn't even have their second-string quarterback in that game. So I'm going to knock that one out. Their other two losses were by three points each. Arizona Cardinals, best team in the NFL this year and over the last 12 months. Flying under the radar, indeed, are the Cardinals. A great job by Bruce Arians. We mentioned this in this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. He wins hands down our vote for NFL coach of the year at the halfway point of the football season. If for no other reason, as Victor said, only one loss in the season, and that loss came when they were strapped at the quarterback position. Also, the fact that they own the best record since the second half of last year, the Philadelphia Eagles breathing right behind their back in the number two spot that way in the National Football League thus far this football season. Victor, one more uh, item that I want to touch on before we go to break here. Uh, in the totals tip sheet, which swept the board last week, going a perfect 3-0. and Congratulations Yay. on the totals tip sheet last week. Uh, <laughs> I know uh, you brought us up to date a little bit, and maybe you'll touch a little bit more on this about these primetime football games and their continuation to go over the total. It appears to me that a looks to be the find this year when i say the find as opposed to last year when uh victor uh, un, uh uncovered the fact that non-conference games are flying over at a heavy rate so too are primetime football games and were you a bit surprised victor to see that pace continue again last week I wasn't. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the actual game itself that has been scheduled. These primetime games, particularly the Sunday night and the Monday night games, of course, the NFL ahead of time, you know, looks into their crystal ball to see what kind of uh, good team matchups they can find. 
Now, at one point, these games were 80 to 85% over the total, and we know, of course, that's going to come down a little bit. But still, over the last few weeks, it looks like uh, two out of every three of these primetime games are going to go over the total. And it, again, it happened last week. Now, it started with the Thursday game, the Saints and Panthers actually going under the total by about 10 points. Uh, of course, Carolina's struggling on offense. The Saints, this is not the same offensive team you've seen in previous seasons. They're running the ball a little bit more. They're not throwing the deep ball as much as they used to. So that one did go under the total. But however, the Sunday night game, of course, the Ravens and Steelers, that went over the total significantly. So did the Monday night game uh, between the Colts and the Giants went over the total. So right now, these primetime games we're sitting at 22 and 6 over under on the season that's 22 overs 6 unders 78% of all of these primetime games that have gone over the total and again this is even more surprising than the AFC versus NFC uh, tendency that we uncovered last year because again we've said it before the over under lines in these games are already jacked up you're already paying a premium and they're still going over fairly significantly of course in that game on Monday night uh, what are those two teams combined for what 64 points Indianapolis against the New York Giants that game went over by almost two touchdowns and of course in the Sunday night game the Steelers and Ravens combined for 66 points that game went over the total by 19 points uh, very surprising and uh, will it end we'll see there are a couple of interesting games coming up this week in the primetime matchups. I know, Victor, I had written a column in the USA Today Sports Weekly about those primetime games based largely off of what we found in the total tip sheet. And good response by that from that column, by the way. There were a lot of listeners out there that really, really dig what we mentioned here in that football process about these primetime football games. And I think the biggest factor here, as opposed to them maybe running away like they did last year in non-conference games, is that these are already predetermined, as you say, scheduled games. So a lot is going to be determined upon who the teams are that are involved in these primetime games, maybe more so as opposed to it just being, like last year, a non-conference game. So we'll see whether or not this continues, the primetime games, that and the fact that the odds maker will probably throw his two cents in there and pad these totals continuously mm -hmm. as they continue to rise. But we'll keep an eye on that throughout the totals tip sheet and with more each week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week, a dandy inside the Big 12 Conference when Kansas State, number six in the polls, takes on number five, TCU, number seven, number six, I should say, in the polls. That and a whole lot more to come here right around the corner on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Don't get fooled by a shady handicapper that claims he wins 80% of the time. Get a documented handicapper. Sportswatch Monitor is your home for documented sports picks you can trust. Our collection of handicappers is the finest in the industry, and you can have the confidence every monitored selection has been documented and verified. The Sportswatch Monitor is a non-biased handicapper monitoring service for all major sports. So uncover that shady handicapper by looking first on the Sportswatch. If he isn't there, he probably isn't straight up with you. Go with a reputable handicapper to assist you in building your bankroll. Go to sportswatchmonitor.com and review our top five for football and start winning. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this weekend's college and pro football card. And it's time for our college football game of the week as we tear down a Big 12 matchup between Kansas State and TCU this weekend. 
Victor, a lot of good football action being played in the Big 12 Conference this year. And in fact, five teams from the Big 12 Conference made that playoff committee top 25 poll. The two highest rated being these two teams, Kansas State and TCU. Your take, Victor, on the big matchup this Saturday. This is going to be a fun Big 12 doubleheader. Of course, I mentioned Baylor and Oklahoma starting things off there at 12 noon Eastern, followed up by uh, this game being played at night at 7 o'clock Eastern, Kansas State against TCU. Of course, both teams have one loss, and one more loss could doom either team for the Big 12 title, and even more devastating, you know, one more loss could mean missing out on the college football four-team playoffs. And... Of course, both teams have some big games left, but this is the big one. That is definitely for sure. The over-under line opened at 60.5. The first initial OU line push was downward. The line moved a full three points down, and as we record the show on Wednesday morning, it's currently down to 57.5 between these two teams. Uh, TCU and Kansas, they've gone one and one over under versus each other since uh, TCU came into the Big 12 Conference. Last year's game, the over-under line was 45. Uh, it turned out to be a, an interesting shootout. Uh, Kansas State winning 33-31. to 31. The game went over the total by 19 points. Uh, back in 2012, uh, two years ago, quite the opposite. The over-under line was similar to the line in this week's game at 57 points. And it was pretty much a low-scoring defensive game with Kansas State coming out on top 23-10. to 10. That game ended up going under the total by 24, so not not much in the way of an actual over-under pattern between these two teams. But we do note that both teams are pretty good over teams this season. Kansas State 5-3 and over-under. Uh, very, very good defense. I'm sure you'll touch on that, Mark. Uh, but uh, this Kansas State team has already gone a perfect 2-0 and to the over in their two road games this season. And in fact, dating back to last year, they've gone a perfect 3-0 and to the over as road underdogs in the last year and a half or so. Uh, Kansas State uh, brings in a number 16 scoring offense into this game, averaging 38.2 points per game on offense, averaging 424 yards per game. And, of course, TCU, we've talked about uh, the Horned Frogs a little bit over the last couple of weeks and their tremendous offensive improvement from one season to the next. You know, it's not too often that a team will double their point output on offense from one season to the next. But that's basically the case for the Horned Frogs. They averaged 25 points per game last year. They're up to 48 points per game this season. They're ranked number four in the country in scoring offense. Uh, in terms of yards per game, their offense has gone up over 200 yards per game. Of course, we credit that to uh, Snyder's um, uh, picking up of a couple of offensive gurus to man his offense over the offseason, they went from 345 yards per game on offense to a whopping 550 yards per game this season. Uh, and, Mark, yeah, I'm I'm liking this game over the total. We're going to track the line move. Again, as I mentioned, we're at 57.5 as we record this on Wednesday morning. We're going to look for the line to perhaps fall another point or two and then uh, make our stand but yes, I do see a high-scoring game here between these two. It might even be one of those Big 12 shootouts where the last team with the ball perhaps wins the game. 
But I'm showing anywhere from about 65 to 68 points being scored in this game. And that's about 8, 9, 10 points higher than the current over-under line. So I think this horn front offense is just too good. And they may get the home win whether or not they actually bring home the bacon in terms of covering the point spread. I'll leave that up to you, Mark. But I do see a pretty good offensive shootout here as the Horn Frogs taking on the Kansas State Wildcats. Look for a well-lit scoreboard when Kansas State takes on TCU, says Victor King. He'll go over the 57.5 point total as we currently see right now when we do the show. Looking for a little bit more value, thinking maybe the game total might come down a bit. But regardless, Victor goes over the total in the Kansas State TCU showdown game Saturday night. Taking a look at both sides of this football game, Kansas State comes in, I think, the most under-the-radar type football team, if you will, in college football here the past three years. Go back to 2012. This football team won the Big 12 Conference. They're now 35-9 and straight up in the regular season. The last four years are Bill Snyder's Wildcats coming into this football game here. And, in fact, he comes into this contest with a staunch defense as Victor Touchdown allowing just 322 yards a game this season here. They've held four of the last six opponents to either season-low or second-low yards thus far this year. And they've been ex- absolutely exceptional in the role of a conference underdog when they've had revenge. Nine and one to the spread the last ten in that particular role. Uh, these two teams met last year. That revenge comes from a 33-31 loss Kansas State suffered at home against TCU. So that revenge fresh in the mind of Bill Snyder and the Wildcats coming into this contest. TCU comes in here, as Victor said, wide open offense here with the addition of those two new offensive coordinators here that have really sprung things open for the Horned Frogs this year. Defensively, though, they've kind of improved a little bit here. Take a look. Two of the last three games, they've held opponents to season low yards defensively. So TCU is playing a good brand of football on both sides of the field, if you will, coming into this contest. They're also taking a look inside their numbers here. When they're a single-digit uh, home favorite, which is the role they'll be in Saturday, they failed to beat the spread the last three times in a row playing not being able to step up to the level of competition in that particular role. What's amazing to me about TCU, guys, is uh, if you take a look at this team, when they come into the Big 12 Conference uh, five years ago, the previous four years, they dominated the Mountain West Conference. They were 30-1 and in Mountain West Conference play the previous four years. Since they come to the Big 12 Conference, they're just 10-13. and 13. It tells you that stepping up to the level of uh, quality opposition here is really, really a tall, tall task. Although they're 4-1 this year, still 10-13 and 13 overall in the Big 12 Conference for the TCU Horned Frogs. So this ends up being a step-up game, if you will, for TCU this Saturday night. Bottom line to me in this football contest here, to me, Bill uh, Snyder is the Steve Spurrier of the Big 12 Conference. He just dominates in college conference play. In his career at Kansas State, Snyder is 185-91-1 straight up in conference games, going 144-96-1 to the spread in conference play. Those are dominant numbers, especially when you add up the point spread side ledger of that football game. I'll take the points with Kansas State as they gain their revenge from last year's home loss in this football game. I'll play Kansas State plus the points from my side in this football game this Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our National Football League game of the weekend. We've got a dandy inside the NFC conference when the New Orleans Saints play host to the San Francisco 49ers. We'll break that game down and a whole lot more 
with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. This football season, go where the wise guys go for all their winning information. Playbook.com website. If accurate, exclusive winning information is important to you, it's important you make Playbook.com your one-stop source for all your football information this season. Whether it's downloading a weekly copy of the Playbook Football Newsletter, selecting guaranteed best bets or free picks from the world-famous Playbook Experts Handicappers, or checking lines and scores, Playbook.com has it all. And make it your inside source this football season for exclusive information not found anywhere on the web. Get every edge imaginable at Playbook.com, where winners go for winners. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Our National Football League Game of the Week on tap this week. We're going to head down to New Orleans, where the Saints are going to play host to the San Francisco 49ers. Victor, your take on this matchup of two potential playoff teams this Sunday. This is going to be a fun one. In fact, Mark, we're going to use this as our big over-under play of the week. It is in the totals tip sheet. It's courtesy of man's best friend, Speedy, who's off a couple of under winners in a row in Miami Dolphin games in each of the last two weeks. So he's going to be uh, heading over to the uh, New Orleans for a nice, big, easy, low-scoring winner, relatively speaking here, in the New Orleans Saints-San Francisco 49ers game. Over-under line opened at 49. Basically, it hasn't moved from that line at 49. So we played this as soon as the opening line came out, Mark, knowing that 47 and 48 are both fairly key popular numbers in the NFL. So 49 is a nice, safe line, not to mention it falls right in line with the 49ers. Anyway, the Niners are off, of course, one of the shocking losses of the season last week in which they were a 10-point home favorite against the Rams and lost 13-10. to All conference road dogs off a division home loss in which they were a double-digit favorite, like the Niners have gone 0-7 over under, and that's dating all the way back to 1998. That was also San Francisco's first game after their bye week. And NFL teams off a straight-up home favorite loss the week right after their bye week have gone 0-6 over under in the last two seasons. We also note that the Saints, uh, they are coming in off that Thursday night dominating win against the Carolina Panthers, 28-10. NFL favorites off a Thursday road win have gone 0-7 over under in the last two seasons. So we've got the Saints here. They're on a multiple-game ATS winning streak. The Niners, it's just the opposite. They're on a multiple-game ATS losing streak. 1-11 over-under last four years. These are NFL games in the second half of the season with a non-division home favorite of a touchdown or less playing off two or more ATS wins. That applies to the Saints against an opponent off two or more ATS losses. That applies to the San Francisco 49ers. And, of course, we note that both of these teams did indeed go under the total in their last game last week. Get the over-under line is still on the high side, as I mentioned, 49 points. In the last two seasons in the NFL, 1-9 and over-under, all conference games with an over-under line of 48 or more when both teams went under the total in their last game. In terms of the Saints, this is a team that they're not stretching the field like they used to. Drew Brees is not going downfield like he has in the past. Their yards per attempt are down, and as a result, New Orleans' rushing numbers are up. 
They're running the ball for almost uh, 32 yards per game more than they did last season. In fact, they're the number seven rushing team in the NFL. That's not something that you would you know, usually put together in your head when, when thinking about a New Orleans Saints team, but they're running for 129.5 rushing yards per game. That's number seven in the NFL. And, of course, we all know the Niners love to run the game as well, run the ball as well. Excuse me, they're averaging 120 rushing yards per game, also ranked in the top ten. You're going to be seeing more running plays than passing plays in this particular game, particularly on the Niners' side. Look, they know they can't they can't beat the Saints in a shootout. So what do we do? We try and keep Drew Brees and the Saint offense off the field. We got a great one-two punch at running back with Carlos Hyde and Frank Gore, not to mention a good running quarterback in the Kaepernick as well. So we're going under the total in this game. 49 is a good, good, solid number. It's speedies under the week. And look for the Saints and the 49ers to go under the total by a touchdown or more. Victor likes the change of approach in the New Orleans offense. He goes under the total in the big San Francisco-New Orleans showdown game this Sunday for his side in the football matchup. And as we talk about this football game, I don't think at the beginning of the football season, entering the second half of the season, we would have imagined talking about these two teams meeting each other with identical four and four records on the football season. Both of these teams were picked to win their conference or their divisions, if, if San Francisco not over Seattle, but nonetheless all, both expected to be strong playoff contenders, yet they're both sitting 4-4 four and four on the football season this year. There's something amiss in San Francisco, and I don't know quite yet what it is. I don't know if it's the Jim Harbaugh factor and the players disenchanted with his ways, or if it's the Colin Kaepernick erratic factor, the fact that he's up one game and he's down another. He's a very bipolar quarterback. If you do that statistically speaking, he comes in with the number 14 quarterback ranking in the season thus far this year. Jim Harbaugh himself has been outstanding in football games when his team is off a straight-up favorite loss. You go back, combination of his days at Stanford and with San Francisco, when his teams have had the rug pulled out from underneath them, he's 13-3 and to the spread and bouncing back after straight-up favorite losses. And in fact, in the National Football League, in non-division games in this particular role, a perfect 5-0 and to the spread is Jim Harbaugh. On the flip side, the New Orleans Saints Victor touched on Drew Brees and how spectacular he's been in his career. How about 25-8 and eight to the spread when he's off a double-digit win and he's taking on a 500-or-better non-division opponent? You're also talking about a New Orleans Saints football team that's a perfect 8-0 and o to the spread against 500-or-better non-division teams when having single revenge in the football game. Then there's the Sean Payton factor in this football game. And Sean Payton, again, touching on it, uh, we talked about the NFL Mount Rushmore coaches that are coaching in the National Football League this week in the USA Today column. And of the top four coaches in the National Football League this year in overall career win percentage, Sean Payton ranks number three. He's doing a spectacular job. And in fact, in his career, Sean Payton, not only spectacular, but go back to 2011, how about 20-0 and 0 straight up and 18-2 and 2 to the spread are the Saints at home under Sean Payton since 2011. Very, very difficult to knock the Saints down in the Superdome on their home field with Sean Payton on the sidelines. To wrap it up, also another Sean Payton note here. In his career, in, in the regular season against non-division teams, put him at home, how about 20-3 and three straight up and 19-4 and four to the spread against 500 or better opponents. I'm going to defy the percentages and stay at home with Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to defy the hardball percentages here. I think this football team, like I say, there's something wrong with the San Francisco 49ers until they get it right. 
I'll continue to fade them, especially with good teams in good winning situations like the New Orleans Saints appear to be this week. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas as we journey with our good friend Dave Tooley to get the view from Vegas. Let's find out from Dave exactly how things went the hectic week last week with Breeders' Cup going on and all the National Football League games on hand. Dave, did you survive Breeders' Cup weekend last week? Oh uh, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful weekend. I think I, you know, I made money in the colleges and, and the pros and the Breeders' Cup, so uh, don't often Ooh. get that uh, trifecta. <laughs> Real nice, real nice. So, so it sounded like everything worked out well. There's some puppies in the National Football League, some long shots in the Breeders' Cup, and I'm sure it put a big smile on Dave Tooley's face. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's crazy because I mean I was yeah, burning the midnight oil every night last week, and and you know it it just shows that uh, you know it's, it's not the amount of time you put in on, on each sport or whatever, but the you know the decisions you make in that time. Uh, I remember back in 2002 when my wife was pregnant with her first kid and people were telling me, oh, you're going to be up, you know, late night feedings and all that and you're not going to get any sleep and you're going to have a terrible football season. And I, I had one of my best football seasons way back then. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it was yeah, a lot of, lot of work last week, but uh, this is one of those times where it paid off. So, amen to that. <laughs> Uh, and how is it paying off uh, thus far in the Superbook contest, Dave? I know we touched base with you for an update of what's going on there each and every week, and uh, quite a bit of a, a strong start to the football season by a couple of cappers in the top of the list this week. How did things fare in the Superbook contest last week? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we talked about the Alcatraz Holdings uh, the last couple of weeks. I uh, got off to that uh, you know five and zero start the first week. Five and zero, four and one was fourteen and one after three weeks. And then uh, he was 26 and four after six weeks, and I featured him in my ESPN uh, Tuesdays with Thule column, and you know joked about how he didn't believe in the Thule curse, but uh, he's only gone uh, <laughs> seven and eight since then, and he's actually given up the lead. Um, CH Ballers um, gonna have to reach out to him to see if he'll consent to an interview, and uh, <laughs> but uh, is, is now the leader at uh, 34 and 11 against the spread. And Alcatraz Holdings, uh, just one game back uh, at, at 33 and 12, along with two other aliases going by the name of Stag Capital and Briefcase 2. But uh, then it, uh, it, really, it really bunches up after them. And, uh, yeah, so we have uh, yeah, 26 people are tied for 18th place. Uh, for those who don't know, the Super Contest, $1,500 entry and pays a uh, top 30 so, yeah, right now it would be a, a lot of people splitting up uh, that bottom money, but uh, we, we'll, we'll see some separation here as we, as we head into the second half of the season. I think there's no question about that, Dave. The second half of the National Football League still with a lot of games being put in front of us, and we'll see how that all shapes, shapes up inside the Superbook contest this week. Any major moves that you saw from the Superbook contest, Dave, from what was put out last week by Jay Cornegay at the Westgate Superbook as opposed to some lines that are currently in place as we speak this weekend? Uh, Dallas and the Tony Romo situation uh, still up in the air. The advance line the Westgate put up on that was uh, Cowboys minus ten and a half for their game at in London against Jacksonville. Um, currently, yeah, games off the board most places. Uh, the CG Technology Books, formerly formerly Cantor Gaming, uh, now have the Cowboys listed as a six point favorite. 
and that that looks like that's leaning more towards them expecting Romo to be out. Uh, but we'll see where that uh, goes by the weekend. Um, another one of the Lions were a three and a half point favorite on the advanced line, and now we're seeing that down to three, and even a two and a half uh, popping up uh, here and there uh, around town and offshore uh, against the Dolphins. So I mean, obviously, you know, the Dolphins looking really strong last week against the Chargers. While the Lions are coming off a bye, so uh, yeah, Dolphins getting a lot of support. Uh, <clears throat> another another one of the Saints, uh, obviously, uh, been on a roll. I know you talked about that in your game of the week here, and yeah, this, they were minus three against San Francisco in the advance line. Saints went on and won after those lines were posted, and then of course uh, San Francisco lost to the Rams, uh, the biggest upset so far this season as a ten and a half point favorite. Uh, and uh, so, so the Rams cashed there, and so uh, that line is all the way up to four and a half now. Um, it's a, quite a significant move, especially off the key number of three. But it's even gone even you know it initially went to three and a half, and now it's even up to four and a half now. And the, <clears throat> a small a smaller move of Pittsburgh three and a half against the Jets, now up to five, not across any key numbers. But uh, obviously Pittsburgh has been on a roll with Ben Roethlisberger uh, putting up big big numbers. And um, the books are having a hard time pe- finding people to, to back the Jets, who have the worst record <laughs> in, in the league this year. So, so that yeah, that, that line's moving. Don't know if they'll quite get to a touchdown there, but uh, it has been steaming. I think the bookmakers in New York are having a hard time finding people to back the Jets as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, it's been a down season, obviously, for Rex Ryan and his troops. Victor, I know you got a question you want to run by Dave on the show this week as well. I do. You know, I finished uh, Dave's uh, Tuesdays with Thule column last night. I think this is one of the more funnier or riotous columns that you've done this year, Dave. And, Mark, you may not know this, Mark, but Dave already knows who's going to win the World Series next year in 2015. I mean, if it's in the movies, then it it must happen, right? So, Dave, (laughs) where can I get a copy of Gray's Sports Almanac, (laughs) and can you tell us who's going to win the World Series next year? Well, yeah, you, you got to get a uh, a DeLorean and uh, a false <laughs> capacitor and some plutonium to, <laughs> to turn it into a time machine and go ahead to the uh, year, year 2015 like they did in uh, Back to the Future 2. But, uh, yeah, for anyone who's ever seen that movie, uh, yeah, I remember when he, they go to 2015 and up on, up on one of the video boards, a news report comes up that the Cubs win the World Series. And, of course, right. Marty McFly knows that the Cubs have been uh, you know, lovable losers for, for decades. <laughs> and uh, so he gives them the idea to, to buy the Gray Sports Almanac. And, of course, uh, Biff steals it and... Comedy ensues. So uh, hopefully, uh, so according to the movie, 2015, the Cubs win the World Series. And uh, yeah, hopefully they didn't do anything uh, back in the past that affects that uh, time continuum. You know, uh, after introducing Joe Madden as their new manager, their odds went from 40 to 1 to 25 to 1. Right, so I mean, yeah, the odds makers uh, see that uh, maybe you know the Cubs are making all the right moves to uh, to align to make that possible. You know, mo- most people are saying you know the Cubs are still a couple years away. Uh, you got some good young talent, but obviously you need to add more to their pitching staff. But uh, it's, uh, I mean, I am a diehard Cubs fan, so obviously I keep close tabs on this. Um, I, I actually was hoping that uh, in 2008, I thought uh, the 100-year anniversary of the Cubs' last title <laughs> would be the, the time when they would, uh, would pull it off. But uh, and now uh, we'll see if, uh, if uh, life imitates art here in 2015. 
Sounds like uh, Joe Madden, I'm going to guess, drives a DeLorean because when he was hired, he also <laughs> predicted the Cubs are going to win the World Series this year. Right. So we'll see whether or not fate has its way in Chicago this particular baseball season. And if it does, it'll be absolutely unbelievable, and Dave will give you all the credit. <laughs> well, no, you got to give uh, the producers of uh, Back to the Future for that. <laughs> I will we'll, we'll do that as well. And speaking of credit, i got to give you a pat on the back. Kudos to you. The good call on the Oakland Raiders last week on the show with your complimentary play as you've been on a nice winning run here on the show. Looking over the card this particular week, and I know there's a lot of teams in a buy this week. It shortens up the field, but there's still some attractive dogs out there, I'm sure, that have caught your fancy. Which one would you like to share with our listeners this week? It looks like a very difficult card this week. Um, yeah, there's not as many uh, games that really jump off the board uh, for me, but I'm I'm going to have to go back to the Raiders. They're getting you know, 11 and a half now at home against Denver. Again, they've played best against the the best teams, you know. And and last last week, I mean, I thought they were, you know, trying to give that game away all the way throughout. <laughs> it was very frustrating watching. And of course, and of course they got down by twenty one points, uh, which made it a little dicey. But uh, yeah, they covered earlier in the year against the Patriots and also against the Chargers. And so now they get the you know Broncos coming into town and. You know, if there's a spot for a letdown, you know, for for the, for the Broncos, uh, could definitely look at it to be uh, uh, here. Uh, they, uh, you know, kind of had their uh, bubble burst a little bit uh, playing New England, so it's uh, it, it looks like a good spot. I mean, again, we're taking an ugly team, but uh, hopefully the the home cooking and the uh, eleven and a half points are the uh, recipe for success. Well, double-digit dogs in the National Football League have been a way to go here quite uh, quite recently of late, but it's rare you find a double-digit division home dog as the Oakland Raiders will dress up this particular week. We're going to put Dave down for the Raiders once again for his complimentary play on the show this week. Dave, great job on the show this week. Congratulations once again on a great weekend last weekend. Let's see if you can keep the ball rolling this week, and we'll look forward to visiting with you more with more here next week on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All right, thanks, guys. Good luck, everybody. That was Dave Tooley joining us from viewfrombegas.com, an author at ESPN. You can read us Tuesdays with Tooley column at ESPN.com. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week and our complimentary plays when we're back with more for the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Imagine getting up to $900 in free plays bonuses on every qualified deposit. Use your Visa, MasterCard, or even American Express. Only at Bet Online because you can. Your side failed to score? Use your shutout bailout card and get your bet back. Only at Bet Online because you can. Your side given up by halftime? Use your halftime surrender card, get half of your bet back. Only at Bet Online because you can. And remember, you get bonus on every deposit. That's the lifetime bonus guarantee. Only from Bet Online because you can. Terms and conditions apply. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the show this week. We go to college football once again this week. It's an oldie but goodie, if you will, from our playbook Black Book. We call it Lean on Me. And what we look to do is to plan any college football underdog. That's a back-to-back point spread losses in their last two games. If they have 17 or more returning starters back from last year's team, and they allow less than 25 points per game on the season this year. The combination of all those factors together has us leaning on the 
Florida International this particular week, and the Panthers are in a 17-4 and points-spread situation in this role. That's Florida International for our Lean on Me Awesome Angle play on the football card this weekend. We're going to lean on Victor right now with his complimentary play and to let us know what he's got on tap this week at King Creole Sports. Victor, take it if you will. Absolutely, Mark. Uh, NFL had a good NFL uh, weekend. Sunday and Monday, our NFL plays ended up going 5-1 and one overall. We're not always about totals, as uh, Speedy usually has one good dog of the weekend. On each of the last two weeks, he's been on the Pittsburgh Steelers and done very, very well. And In fact, underdog plays in both college and the NFL, 8-2 and two ATS in the last three weeks. So we always put up a good dog on Saturday, a good dog on Sunday, available at playbook.com. I mentioned our free play, Saints and 49ers, under the total. One more note in regards to this game. Both of these teams are ranked in the lower third of the NFL in 25-yard or larger pass plays this season. I mentioned that the Saints are not going deep like they normally did, and the stats show it. Both teams ranked in the lower third in long pass plays this season. If you're looking for an over this week in the NFL, I would submit to you, let's take a look at perhaps Tampa Bay and Atlanta. I know that both teams are struggling on offense. I acknowledge that, but you can't go wrong with the number 31 defense taking on the number 32 defense. That's Tampa and Atlanta both allowing 400 or more yards per game this season. Tampa allowing 31 points per game. Atlanta allowing 28 points per game. So I think that's one of the um, games in the NFL this weekend with the best over potential you could uh, definitely see some sort of NFC South shootout in that particular game. Again, our play, Saints 49ers over the total. Speedy has a Saturday dog. He's got a Sunday dog. They'll both be up at playbook.com on Friday evening as we look to continue a profitable month of November. The dogs figure to keep barking with King Creole Sports this weekend. Join him online. Pay after you win or get all the same plays at 40% discounts on a prepaid basis with guaranteed makeups when you log on this weekend for Victor King's plays at playbook.com. Com. And before I get to my complimentary play on the football show this week, I'm going to share with you that my college football revenge game of the year will kick off this Saturday. We're documented 12-2 and two on this big play on our college football revenge games of the year the last 14 years. It's all part of another $99 football weekend of winners where we've gone 9-2 and two the last two weekends in our $99 football weekend of winners. Join me now by calling toll-free at 1-800-321-7777 or you can log on to the website now to sign on for their College Football Revenge Game of the Year and our $99 Football Weekend of Winners at Playbook.com. My complimentary play flies completely under the radar, but I think there's tremendous value in this game. We're going to take the points with Texas El Paso UTEP when they invade Western Kentucky this weekend, getting a touchdown. And I can't figure out for the life of me why this team is a touchdown underdog in this football contest. And I say that because if you look at the Conference USA standings, invades Texas El Paso, the Miners this week. They sit 3-1 and one in the West Division, completely in the race to win this division. They're taking a touchdown from Western Kentucky, who's 1-4 and four in the Conference USA East Division, going absolutely nowhere behind a defense that's 153 yards a game worse than El Paso's. To me, this looks like a false favorite in this football game coming into the contest here. And you look inside at El Paso's numbers this year, in seven of their eight games, 
They've had a total of only two turnovers in seven of eight football games this year. They protect the ball as well as any team in all of college football do the minors of Texas El Paso. Looking at Western Kentucky, they come in here having lost the stats their last four football games in a row, allowing season-high yards in all four of those football games. They are what we call a leaking oil favorite. We'll be there with the oil can. We'll grab up the points with UTEP. I see them winning this game straight up. Texas El Paso, plus the points are my complimentary play on the football show this week. That's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread for Victor King from King Creole Sports. Dave Tootley joining us from ViewFromVegas.com and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. <laughs>